This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Rest in peace, Bobby Knight. One of the most respected basketball coaches, college basketball coaches ever. He'd been around so long, he coached Coach K, the legend at Duke. So you know he was coaching for a while. But I think he stopped coaching in like the mid-2000s, maybe the late 2000s. But yeah, he's known for his aggressive style, a controversial style. Uh, He's known for throwing a chair on the court. He's known for putting his hands on players. He's known for that. But also, you know, he coached Isaiah Thomas. He had a son that ended up coaching. Um, He won at least two titles. He might have won more. I mean, he also played way back whenever that was. (laughs) But overall, he's a legend. He will be missed. Everyone's giving him his flowers as deserved because he brought so much to the game of basketball. And that has to be respected and honored. And I can't wait to hear all the stories about him. Oh, I just saw on the ticker that he won three titles. So that's pretty good. That's that's impressive. So, um, <laughs> hey, I like what Keyshawn said on Undisputed. He was talking with uh, Parcells and Bobby Knight and uh, I think one other person. And he said, y'all haven't won a title since the 80s. And they all laughed. (laughs) And it was true. It was true. But yeah, man, rest in peace. Uh, My condolences to the family and he'll be missed. Now, when it comes to the bird... They are 7-1, top record in the NFL, top record in the NFC, and most importantly, top record in the NFC East. I had to say that because, you know, the rivals, they all be talking crap. They all be hating. But at the end of the day, they're 7-1. They are the best. Man, the sitcom really thought, man. They really thought they were going to get us once again, so close, yet so far away. Once again, in the first half, they had a better team. See, I didn't watch the first game because I was playing kickball. Now, the second game, I watched the whole thing from start to finish. And maybe I can kind of see why we had so much trouble the first game. What I noticed from the commanders is they were driving up and down the field because their short and intermediate passing game was on point. Anytime we, you know, lined up in single high or in man-to-man, they exploit the mismatch. They did a good job throwing to their tight ends. They ran a lot of slants and drags, especially on third and medium, third and short. They ran them slants. They ran them drags. We couldn't stop it. I'm like, man, this is some simple stuff. Why can't we just... Do something about this. But, you know, like I've seen time and time again, the Eagles defense bend, but don't break. They held on. It seemed like the commanders weren't going to be stopped. They were at least able to get them to the field goal, get them to kick a field goal that third drive. Well, no, actually, I think they punted the first drive. Then they scored. And then they scored again and then gave up a field goal. But they hung in there and the Eagles offense, they were driving too. Like they were they were getting their yards too. But they they had trouble getting into the end zone in the first half. And um we needed a big fourth down just to get that second score. So it was a tough game, but the bird got through it. Two, nah, I think it was one critical turnover. Yeah, that's it. The thing about playing the Commanders these two games, didn't force any turnovers. But Reed Blankenship forced the turnover.
And then, of course, he hit his dance in the end zone. And I, I was waiting for it. I was, as soon as he got into the end zone, he didn't score. But you, you know how defensive players do. They get a turnover. They run to the end zone. They celebrate. Man, he got to that back pylon or that, that back line. And then he hit his dance. I was like, oh, I see you. I see you. I was hyped, bro. I went crazy. But he had a good pick. He had critical pick in in opponent's territory. And I'm like, this guy, because, you know, Reed Blankenship had a rough game to that point. And he had trouble covering Logan Thomas. But he got that pick, and the Eagles pretty much sealed it from there. Now, of course, another opponent blaming the refs. Sure. Just like the 49ers game, Devontae Smith dropped the fourth down pass and they didn't challenge it fast enough and we got away with it. Big deal. Once again, you had plenty of chances after that to take the lead and take control of the game and you didn't. Period. In the second half, the Eagles did a little bit better defensively and forced uh, the, cre- the key turnover, the critical turnover, and you were done. And to be fair, yeah, we had 10 first half points. But we had two fumbles inside the red zone. So I'm like, that's just the two fairy and Santa Claus coming together to try to screw over the Eagles. Come on, man. Just straight up mythical foolishness. But at the end of the day, you got them, beat them again, swept them. So Commanders fans are quiet now. You know what? You know what they're dealing with? They're dealing with the loss of their two star defensive ends. They both 6'5", 6'6", athletic freaks. But they expected more out of them, and they didn't really produce to the level that they were capable of. They still had pretty good numbers, but they didn't produce to the level that was worth paying them, I don't know, top 10 DN money. So you're three and five, trade that trade deadline's coming up. And it doesn't look like it's a contract year for both Monte Sweat and Chase Young. And you don't plan to pay either of them. You don't plan to extend either of them. You didn't pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option. That would have paid him, what, $18 million? So you didn't want to pay him, end up paying him $20, 25000000 million. So you, it was like, let's just trade him now. They traded him to the 49ers. Come on, man. As if they needed any more help. That's great for Chase Young. He's going into an environment where they've been to the NFC Championship like four out of the last five years. He gets to, you know, link up with Trent Williams, who played in Washington, who went from Washington to San Francisco just like him. He gets to meet up with him. He gets to play with Nick Bosa again. He gets to play with um, Javon Hargrave. And Eric Armstead, all them, all these guys they have on their, their D-line, their defense is spectacular. It's better than Commander's defense. They got better coaching than the Commander's. He's going into uh, a better environment for winning, even though they're on a three-game losing streak. So that's good for Chase Young. But as far as competition-wise for the Eagles and Cowboys, this is bad because now – they're even deeper now. Now they're even more loaded with talent. So when they get out of their slump, they're going to be even tougher to beat. Great. That's just what I needed to happen. But I still think at the end of the day, the bird is the word. And they will overcome all challengers. I'm serious. You will see the bird in Las Vegas, and hopefully I get to go to Las Vegas to watch them. But judging by my financial situation, um, I doubt it. I'm going to settle for possibly watching it in Philly. 
either Philly or North Carolina. I haven't decided yet. Most likely Philly. So I can't wait. Um, but that's looking way ahead. But I'm confident that the Eagles are going back to the bowl and whatever weaknesses they have, they'll figure it out. They'll get it. They'll get it solved and they're going to be there at the end and take back what is rightfully ours. The bird is word, but San Francisco is loaded. Now, Montez Sweat going to the Bears. Um, I guess Montez Sweat is going to get a bunch of money from the Bears. They're not winning anytime soon, but he might be the piece to help turn things around. But you go on to a worse team. He's going to get more money. And then the commanders, they got a second round. They get a high second round pick back from Montez Sweat. Man, they done made off. I can't believe it. Man, I can't believe they got a second round pick for Montez Sweat. I'm sick. Who knows what that second round pick can be? That's almost a first round pick. You could definitely get another receiver or another pass rusher early in the second round. I've seen it. Like, who knows what you could get? Will Levis was an early second rounder, right? Like, you could get someone like him. But you got Sam Howell, which, by the way, I think you found your quarterback for the near future. Like, he's pretty good. Uh, He's much better than I thought. So he's definitely going to be around for a while. So now you have that pick to put weapons around him or put another weapon around him or shore up your defense who isn't that good. Like the defense hasn't been good. I told you, if you, if you limit that front four, their defense is not that good. They got a pretty mediocre back seven. I told y'all, and they've been getting torched this year. Everyone, they mama know you got to stop AJ Brown, 125 yards, six straight games. Yet they couldn't stop him. And they put Emmanuel Forbes on him multiple times. And once again, he cooked Emmanuel Forbes. Why you put, you didn't bench the rookie and then you put him back out there to go against A.J. Brown and he got cooked. Come on, man. What are y'all doing? But it's the Washington sitcom. They don't know what they're doing. And then their fans, they're back to scapegoating. Dan Snyder's gone. You can't put all your frustrations out on him. Now it's Ron Rivera you want to get rid of. I guess, man, at the end of the day, you got work to do for your team as a whole. It ain't just Ron Rivera. And even, well, and Jack Del Rio, they've been cool on Jack Del Rio. They don't like him. Eric Bieniemy, I, I mean, he's been pretty good. Well, up and down. So they, they have some problems with him too. But at the end of the day, the bird's word. The commanders tried. And they're kind of starting the clock on the rebuild. And, you know, I love it. The Eagles and Cowboys clearly run the division. I was right all along. Um, I don't know why the ship was so close last year. Like, I'm just saying. Telling you. So, Eagles are 7-1. and one. Uh, They got the Cowboys next. And this is it. All the talk, all the trash talk, all the complaining about the Eagles media attention, all the talk about the Eagles schedule last year, you know, all this talk about Jalen Hurts having more turnovers than Dak. It's all going to come to a head on the field at the link on Sunday at 425. I can't wait. This is what we all been waiting for. Eagles 7 and 1, Cowboys 6 and 2, arguably the two best teams in the NFC facing off. Um Eagles win, we got a two-game lead and a tiebreaker. Cowboys win, they just made things more interesting in the NFC and the NFC and there's going to be like a four-way tie for first in the NFC. So they definitely bring the Eagles back to the pack if they win. And that's not good because them winning Philly doesn't look good for us winning in Dallas because we haven't won in Dallas since 2017 when we won the Super Bowl. But 
I think they could, this is the year to win in Dallas. But, you know, we got to go to the link first. And, you know, finally we get to see these guys. All this talk about schedules and common opponents, we get to put all that to rest. Of course I got the Eagles winning. Of course. Why not? We're the better team at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? There's so many things we could do to this team. And they don't have Trayvon Diggs. Maybe they're the team to finally stop A.J. Brown. But here's the problem. We got Devontae Smith. We got Dallas Goddard. And now our secret weapon, Julio Jones. Man, y'all in trouble. Y'all are in big trouble. And Julio Jones caught a touchdown versus the Commanders. So, yeah, he's a threat. You put a smaller DB on him, he's going to moss the hell out of them. So, you... You're in trouble. There's so many things we could do to your defense. And I really hope Brian Johnson doesn't BS and read options the hell out of Micah Parsons. Use his aggressiveness against him. And we could we wouldn't even have to use our receivers. Let's try running the ball. We got we got Swift. I guess we got Gainwell. He made up for the fumble by catching some key short passes down the stretch. So, you know what I'm saying? So I, I guess I can live with game game well uh being up and down. But we got so many weapons on offense. I don't need to be afraid. It's defense. Like defense, I'm kind of worried. They didn't get any pressure on Sam Howell. Only one sack. Unreal. The one sack though, just like the turnover, was the sack. Like it was the most important sack. Like, it was a sack. I think it was fourth down or third down. Or it was the sack to either put them out of field goal range or to give us the ball back. And um, Hassan Reddick did it. But other than that, he had all type of troubles with Andrew Wiley. And I'm just very worried about him going against Dallas. Hopefully the D-line with maybe no Jalen Carter sucks. He's already getting, already having injury trouble. But... The D-line has to play better. They just didn't get any pressure on Sam Howell. I think part of it is they were getting the ball out of their hands so quick. But even when they didn't, they still weren't getting there. So they're going to have to put pressure on Dak Prescott. We can't have what happened last year. We almost threw for like 500 yards. C.D. Lamb, listen, I trust Bradbury and Slay. I know they had trouble with CeeDee Lamb last year. I know CeeDee Lamb went off this year. He went off against the Rams. He destroyed the Rams. He had over 100 yards at halftime. So I'm like, yeah, he's going to be a problem. That's why. Ooh, Rachel Nichols back on Undisputed. Ooh, I'm going to have to watch that on YouTube. Anyway, you if you know me, you know how I feel about Rachel Nichols. Or maybe you don't. It doesn't matter. We're not going to go over that. Back to the bird. I know CeeDee Lamb is a problem. That's why when the Cowboys drafted him, I was kind of depressed. I was like, why, bro? I know how good CeeDee Lamb is. If it wasn't for that unreal LSU team, he would have had the Bolitnikoff. If if they didn't have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, he would have won the Bolitnikoff. He was that good. So I was, so when he went to the Cowboys, I was like, God dang it, man. Why couldn't the Eagles trade up and get this guy? We ended up with Jalen Rager. Didn't work out. He's not even in the league right now. Not that I know of. This guy, man, CeeDee Lamb, so quick, very good route runner, can catch anything, just elusive after the catch. I, I mean... I'm mad. I'm still mad the Cowboys have him. And he's going to be a problem. But at the end of the day, I trust Slay. Like, Slay is, yeah, he has his ups and downs, but he's still a vet. He still has been an all-pro. You know, he was honorable mention all-pro last year. So I'm like, he's still that guy. Like, I, I trust him against Lamb. And even Bradbury, he has his ups and downs. But he had a key deflection against the commanders too. So these guys, man, I got to trust them. But I'm worried when they put Lamb in the inside because we are lacking in 
slot corner depth. Maybe we'll, we'll I, listen, maybe I should just trust our coaches that they'll have a game plan for that. But CeeDee Lamb on the Cowboys still haunts me to this day. I wish it didn't happen. We could have had CeeDee and Jalen Hurts in the same draft. That would have been awesome. But it didn't happen. Well, hey, if we get him, maybe we don't have Devontae and AJ, and they've been spectacular. So I, I guess I'll just have to live with that. But the bird is word, and we're coming for the Cowboys. We're going to be beating up the Cowboys. Like I said on Instagram one time, also got to watch out for Tony Pollard. You know, he hasn't, like, been cooking this year, but he's still a threat. He still can be explosive. But we have one of the best run defenses in the league. It's just that what I notice is people start getting off tackle. That's that's what I'm kind of worried about. And he can, if he gets the edge, he can turn it up. And he's a threat in the passing game. Um, it, it should be a shootout. I mean, it got the highest, the second highest over under because, I mean, the Chiefs and Dolphins, I mean, that's two of the top five offenses in the league. The, the Dolphins is the number one offense in the league. I know Kansas City defense is underrated, but, yeah, that's going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be a high-scoring game because it's just it's just too many weapons on both teams. And I didn't even mention Brandon Cooks. I didn't even mention Gallup. So it's like they, they got a lot of weapons with really good quarterbacks. I just hope we run the ball and keep the Cowboys offense off the field. But, you know, whatever. You know, we, we there's a lot we can do to this team. And that's why the Birds are going to win 27-24 off the top of the dome. I'm just saying. So, uh, what's next? Oh, um, okay. Let me talk about these NFL trades. So, all right. So, I already talked about Montez and Chase Young. Josh Dobbs going to Minnesota. It makes sense. The more I thought about it, when it happened, I was like shocked. I was like, they just traded the starting quarterback. But Josh Dobbs, ever since the Cowboys game, has done jack squat. And the Cardinals are one in five, one in six. They're terrible, but no one expected much from them. But I thought they were at least maybe going to be two and five, maybe. Because, you know, I saw how they played against the Commanders. I saw how they played against the Cowboys. I saw how they played against the Giants. I saw all those games. I was like, they're not bad. But, you know, it's it's gone off the rails. Kyler Murray is coming back. That was the thing. Once I saw that Kyler Murray came back and he's fully practicing now, the light bulb clicked. But I also heard reports that Clayton Toon the third string was going to start anyway because Josh Dobbs has just been that bad. But at the moment, I was shocked. I was like, man, that's the starting quarterback. I wasn't expecting Kyler Murray for another few weeks. But it looks like Kyler Murray's back. And it doesn't make sense to keep your third string quarterback. Because I think they were going to demote Josh Dobbs from first string to third string. So... It makes sense for a team like Minnesota who lost Kirk Cousins for the season. Poor Kirk Cousins, man. Achilles? Oh, that's just awful. Mid-season, too. And he was second in the league in passing yards. And he just beat the 49ers. It's just makes me scared for my Achilles. Lord Jesus. I don't want to speak that into existence, but Jesus Christ, man. That's just awful. Who knows when he's going to come back. But if he's anything like Aaron Rodgers, he'll be back by training camp. Anyway, devastating loss. But it made sense they went to go get um, Josh Dobbs. I'm pretty sure they were in on Jacoby Brissett. But I think the commander's asking price was too high. I heard they wanted a second or third round pick for him. He hasn't played all season. Stop playing, bro. Y'all, anyway. It makes sense that the Vikings got him. Right now, they're going to start an undrafted rookie. I forgot his name already, but they're going to start him and get Dobbs caught up on a playbook. But can Dobbs get the Vikings to the playoffs? Honestly, since the wild card leader has three or four wins, why not? The wild card went, listen, 
the two, the last wild card team, I'm telling you right now, is going to have a losing record. There are so many mid teams. I swear to God, bro. There's so many mid teams. You might even see the commanders up in there, which is great. They can come to Philly again and lose because I promise you, we played them a third time. It's not going to be close because there's a difference between the regular season and the playoffs and they're going to find out. But anyway, everyone's so mid, the Vikings can sneak up in there. I'd watch that. So if Josh Dobbs can get them there for the time being, I mean, you don't got to keep them. You can draft a quarterback. You can get another quarterback or free agency in the offseason. But for now, this is what you have, and you got to work with it. So it makes sense with that trade. Um, That was the biggest one. Uh, the Vikings traded their starting guard uh, to the Jaguars. I, I mean, I I guess uh, that makes sense. I mean, you need someone to protect these backups, but whatever. Um, I guess he wasn't playing well. Uh, who else? I don't know. I mean, the Eagles got Kevin Byard, but that was before the deadline. Great pickup. Obviously, uh, Terrell Edmonds, I guess he wasn't playing well. I mean, I guess he wasn't playing well. And we get a quote-unquote upgrade for Kevin Byard, who I guess, just like Chase Young and Sweat, the Titans probably weren't going to pay Kevin Byard too much more money after this season. So, makes sense. Um, I'm trying to think of any other big trades. Nah, I think I've covered all the big trades. I, I can't really think of anything else. I I know that the Raiders benched Jimmy Garoppolo because, thank God, because I was just getting tired of him not throwing to Myers and Adams. Because my most important fantasy league, the one with my college friends, they're both on the team. And surprise, surprise, I've, I'm on a four-game losing streak. And ironically, it coincides with the Raiders' losing streak and the decreased production of Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. It, it, the timeline is exactly the same. The timeline is parallel. So I've been losing, and these guys haven't been doing jack squat. And also, you know, Mike Evans, I don't know what's going on with the Bucks' offense either. They're pretty low on offensive categories. Uh, I'm not going to blame Baker. I refuse to do it. He's a legend. I don't know what they're doing. But it's just like that. Like, those guys sucking all at the same time is why I'm on this big losing streak in this league. Thank God no one's running away with this league, thank God. So I'm still in it. There's still time. Hopefully, you getting rid of McDaniel and you benching Jimmy Garoppolo helps because I need it. Because there's no reason why. The best receiver in the league, Devontae Adams, arguably, arguably, is not getting the targets, is not getting the catches. Now, it's no reason why you should overthrow Devontae Adams, especially when he's wide open. You need to sit down, Jimmy G. Hopefully, O'Connell, who threw for a million yards at Purdue, hopefully he can save the day and get this team back on track because there's too much talent on this offense for them to be this bad. You've got to be kidding me. Like, come on. A receiver didn't even have a catch in the first half against the Lions. The Lions' defense is good, but they ain't that good. They got cooked by the Ravens. They got cooked by the Seahawks. Obviously, they ain't that good. Like, come on. We got to stop, bro. Like, they made them look like... They made them look like the 85 Bears. They made them look like the 2002 Buccaneers. Like, you got to be kidding me. And that game, it was a winnable game. All you needed was, man, decent offense. And you might would have won that game. You don't lost that game by 12. That's crazy. Like, this is it's unreal, bro. Hopefully, you know, um, the changing of the guard happens. Uh, hopefully, the changing of the guard helps. Happy for Antonio Pierce. Seems like a great guy. Enjoyed him on TV. Hated when he was with the Giants. Um, I don't know much about him when he was with the Redskins. I didn't even I forgot he even started there. But, of course, it's a Washington sitcom thing to do. 
get rid of somebody like that, ends up on the Giants, wins two Super Bowls. Of course. Because, of course, they don't know what they're doing over there. Of course. (laughs) So, yeah, man. Like, happy for him. Looks like he's going to try his best. Or is this another Jeff Saturday thing where they're going to win a few games, but then they're going to lose the rest because they're just trash and there's nothing much that Antonio Pierce can do. But if he does his thing, he needs to keep that job because they need some stability because this has gone way too far off the rails. And Jimmy G has been terrible. I don't know if it's because of the injuries. So anyway... Big moves in the NFL. I don't have everything on me, but I covered the the main moves. And, you know, it it was kind of entertaining. You know, I'm not used to trade deadline moves like this. Like, this this is pretty good. This is pretty cool. Now, uh, what else? What do we got here? Do I talk about the Wizards? I mean, at least the Caps are kind of coming back. At least they're kind of coming back. You know, they, they won a few games. They're starting to, like, they're starting to get it together. I mean, I hope so. I feel bad for Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, he's dealing with, he's still dealing with the hip injury, so he's taking some time away. That's my guy, but apparently he's only been playing 12 minutes a game. I mean, I guess we haven't needed him. So, hopefully he gets it together you know hopefully you know his hip heals hopefully he don't have to retire if he don't want to you know I just feel bad you know the hip has really just derailed his career a great career at that so I I feel bad for him and you know hopefully he gets well soon and the caps the caps are doing something like slow start to the season but they're starting to get it back maybe this is the cap cycle speeding up but uh we'll see uh, let's see. Okay, Sooners lost. They finally lost. They lost to Kansas. Once again, I didn't really watch this game because of kickball. But what I noticed is, well, first of all, it was raining and he had a delay. But they gave up over 200 yards rushing. Damn! I'm just not used to Sooner teams getting dominated like that. Well, it happens every now and then. But definitely not to Kansas. See, even though this is probably the best Kansas team since 08. Now, they had a pretty good team last year, but I'm not sure what the hell happened at the end of the season, why they fell apart and, you know, barely made a bowl game. But seriously, man, like, this might be the best team they've had since then. And they have a legitimate shot to make the Big 12 championship. A thing about them is they're just a really solid team. They play solid defense. They run the ball well. They pass the ball well. They're just a really solid team, and they're really well coached. Not used to that from Kansas. And they're building something special, and we might just see them again. They might crash the OU Texas party. Now, they always they already lost to Texas, which might bite them in the butt in the end. But they beat us, so that's... That's big. So if they can run the table, we just might see them again. Or they might see Texas again. Um, Yeah, they were able to run the ball. They were able to limit OU from passing. I mean, Dylan Gabriel had less than 20 yards passing and a pick. Like, what, what happened? Was it the rain? Was it Kansas just being physically better? I mean, what happened? And even with all that, the Sooners were still up one with like two minutes ago, less than two minutes ago. I We had a man. And honestly, we're hell Murray away from stealing that game. Um, It was bound to happen. Barely beat UCF. And Kansas is too good of a team for you to not bring your A game. I can't believe I'm saying that in 2023, but they deserve it. Kansas has been balling the last two years. That is no longer an easy win. That's no longer a you can half-ass and still win type of game. Oh, we almost got away with it. But it's no longer a game you can just easily win. Now, Kansas, you know what their brick wall has been? Other than OU, they had a 19-game losing streak. Um, Their brick wall has been Kansas State. They haven't been able to beat them. I don't know when the last time they beat those guys. That will be the test right there. 
And Kansas State is ranked two. So we'll see. If they can beat Kansas State, they might be for real. Like We might just see them in Dallas. I don't know if Texas is going to lose again. They probably need Texas to lose again in order to make it to Dallas. They need one of us to lose again. It's a better chance of us losing again than Texas because at Oklahoma State, it's not easy. Uh, we should beat West Virginia, but I don't know. At BYU, I know BYU's mid, but that's not going to be easy. TCU at home should beat them. But none of these games are walks in the park. So we could easily lose again. Texas, I don't know who they got left. I don't know. Maybe Kansas State might be a challenge. But other than that, I mean, what, they got Texas Tech on Thanksgiving, right? They got somebody on Thanksgiving. Listen, other than Kansas State, I don't know who's going to really challenge Texas. So it's going to be tough for Kansas to get in the title game, but we lost to them. You know what? If OU got their 18-19 game winning streak against Kansas football, snapped in what probably is going to be the last game of our series, well, then why not? do the same thing to them in basketball because they have an even longer streak against OU in basketball at the Falk. This is it. That just gave me hope. If they can do that to us in football, we can do that to them in basketball, even though we got a pretty underwhelming team. I don't really, I don't really see much with this Oklahoma basketball team, but maybe we can finally get these guys. Like maybe we can do it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we can pull this off. And maybe we can pull this off and finally get these guys on our way out the door. It's been long overdue. We haven't beat them at the fog since like a 93. The time is now. The time is now. But, you know, soon it's going to be all right. But this is just, this is bad. We finally lost. I wish we didn't lose to Kansas, but we did. We got to move on. There's still a lot to play for. We could still get to the Big 12 championship. Anyway. Oh, the Wizards still can't guard a wet paper bag. Facts. They give up like 120 points a game. The best defensive game is against Memphis, and they won. The only problem is... Finally, Memphis without Ja Morant is sucking. They haven't won a game. That's the problem. Other than that, got killed by Indiana. Boston, I I sat down and watched the Boston game. So no Daniel Gafford. So we had to play small. So we had Denny Avia at center. That didn't work. I mean, Al Horford did whatever he wanted. Porzingis did whatever he wanted. Jalen Brown had like 28 at halftime. Tatum and Drew Holiday didn't even have to try. It was a joke. We got ran off the court. They had 77 at halftime. At one point, it was 70 to 31. Like, these guys were getting destroyed. I know Boston is better than us, but at least put up a fight. They did whatever they wanted. They made every other three they took. It was horrifying to watch. And they were just passing, getting open, getting easy buckets at the rim. Defensively, it just, everything was contested from the Wizards. Um, I mean, Poole and Kuzma still got theirs, but it was pretty pedestrian from what we expect from them. So it just didn't matter. Obviously, those two guys, they're the guys. Tyus Jones, we're going to get a little bit from him. DeLon right off the bench isn't bad. Uh, Gallinari, Muscala off the bench, they're they're okay, but they can only do but so much. And that's the thing. Muscala was was our backup center and is pretty much our backup center. He's okay, but he's not a defensive presence. Koulibaly, supposed to be our best defender, he can only do but so much. He's a rookie. So I'm like, and he's a very young rookie at that. 
we just it, it just looks like if they're if they keep going the way they're going, this team is pretty much tanking. Like Jordan Poole and Kuzma will be the tank commanders. And no, not the Washington sitcom. Just tank commanders. Like basketball version. They might as well be the basketball version of the commanders at this point. But seriously, like, but they're worse off. They can't stop anybody. And then we played Atlanta, gave up 130. DeJounte Murray killed them again. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, like, they both had, like, 24, 25 points. And that's just a good game for them. Neither of them went off for 40 and still gave up 130. Like, I don't know what to do. Thankfully, it's early in the season. It's going to be a long season. They have time to figure it out. But they need to get it together or we're just going to be tanking. And hopefully, Jeff Goodman isn't right. He probably is going to be because he's college basketball is his life. So he knows all about these college basketball players and high school players. He said this is the wrong season to tank. But... I mean, if we get Mataz Buzilas and he's really good, I'm cool with it. He might be the next big star. But that's what it's looking like right now. It's looking like a tank parade. It's looking like we're going to talk. It looks like we might end up trading Kuzma or Poole. That I mean, it's, it's, it's doom and gloom, but you know what? Let's just see what they, these guys can do. Let's just see if these guys can pick themselves up and um, make something of this season because right now can't even guard a turkey sandwich. Come on, man. I'll bring you some stats next week. Hopefully by then they fix their defense and the stats are better, but they can't be good. They can't be good. Like their defense and Miami's offense, Miami's offense is unreal. They, They might break records. These guys might break records for how bad their defense is. But, you know, at least we didn't give up 155 like the Pacers did. But it could happen in the future. Maybe I shouldn't hold my breath. Uh, The Wizards, I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to be at a game eventually, but uh, not looking good so far. Need to get it together because it sucks. So the Harden trade. Harden finally got traded from the Sixers. I thought he was never going to get traded. He started showing up. He started reconditioning. It just didn't seem like a trade was ever going to happen. And then it happened. They traded James Harden to the Clippers for a bunch of role players. For Platoon. Ah, man. Who else did they get? Marcus Morris. There's a bunch of role players that will be supportive to Maxi and Embiid, but ultimately won't win them a title. I'm just saying. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But ultimately, I don't think it's this is going to be enough. Now, that's cool. They got all these veterans that fit, kind of fit on this team. But at the end of the day, uh, I can't see it. Like, it's just... It's pretty cool that Marcus Morris gets to go back home. That's that's pretty cool. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be enough. This is great for Maxie's development, though. This That's great. But it won't be enough. It's just they're going to run into problems against Boston and Milwaukee. Maybe even Miami. Even Cleveland and New York are not going to be easy outs. We'll see. Let's see how it all fits together. You know, let's see how it all fits together. And they might have something here. But it's clear they weren't going to pay Harden. Might as well get what you can for him. He's unhappy. Who knows if he was going to want to play for you. I. It's cool. Like, get what you can. And they got draft picks back. So... Yeah, I think both teams went out here. I mean, the Clippers, they get another bona fide score. 
So they're loaded. So their starting lineup could be Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Ivaka Subox. Like, that's pretty good. And you got Bones, Highland, and Norman Powell coming off the bench. Not bad. Terrence Mann, this could be, you have a one to two year window to make this work. Because other than that, the rebuild is going to be scary. Because none of those players are young, except Bones Highland. So the rebuild is going to be scary. So you might want to take advantage of this window now. But I'm excited to see how it looks. There's only one ball. So I don't know. Like, somebody's going to have to fall back. And can everyone stay healthy? If everyone stay healthy, they might contend. I'm thinking about throwing a bet, a futures bet, on the Clippers winning the title just in case. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to get past the second round. So this is going to be a waste of time and money. But it's still going to be fun to watch. All these players on the team at one time. It's going to be very, very fun to watch. But, you know, thankfully, Sixers and Sixers got rid of a potential headache or what has been a headache. And James Harden finally got his wish. About time. Anyway. Uh, okay, last thing. Oh, Cooper Flag is with Duke now. It looks like he's going to be another Christian Leitner, uh, J.J. Redick type of player, uh, Grayson Allen, because he, he plays with a lot of emotion, a lot of energy, and he wears the Duke across his chest. So he's going to be public enemy number one. I can see it. I'm Am I surprised he chose Duke? I mean, I'm sure every school in the country wanted him. I'm sure. And he chose Duke. I honestly thought he was going to go G League, but he chose Duke. So this could be the making of another Duke super team spearheaded by him. I got to look at the recruiting, but they got him. And he's like the best player in the country. Uh, I think the best junior or senior in the country. So, this is a good pickup for Duke. And I want to see if he lives up to his villain role like all those other guys did. Um, I don't have anything against him. He's going to be fun to watch. I need to catch up on his highlights because the little bit I've seen, he's pretty good. Anyway. Oh, congrats to the Rangers on the World Series. I knew they were going to win. I was just disappointed that they won in five. Like, after game two, because the first two games were close. Well, mm, first game was really close. And the Rangers just took over with two big home runs. The second game, the Diamondbacks won by a lot. And then the game three, Garcia got hurt and Scherzer got hurt. So I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a close series. This Diamondbacks going to get back in it now. And then the Rangers just scored a bunch of runs in game three, four, and five. And, well, game three was 0-0 for most of the game. And then they just ran away with it. Game four, ran away with it. Game five was 1-0 Rangers for forever. And then in the ninth inning, the Diamondbacks put in, they had their closer. Like, he had been cooking the entire time. I think his name's Seawald or Seaword. Like, he had been, like, on one the entire postseason. He was key in that Philly series. Man, he gave up one base hit. Then he gave up another base hit. And then he gave up that huge home run to Simeon. And it was all but over then. I was like, yo, this team ran away with it. A series I was very hyped for, like America wasn't hyped for it. Like it was two teams they weren't interested in. The Dodgers were in it. The Yankees were in it. The Red Sox were in it. The Astros were in it. The Braves were in it. So everyone thought this was going to be boring. I was excited because it was two teams that hadn't been in the World Series for over a decade. So I was excited about that. 
And it just turned out to be a disappointment because the Rangers' bats were just too much. They outdueled the Diamondbacks. Pretty disappointed about that, but happy for Rangers fans. All the Rangers fans I followed are going absolutely nuts, and I'm happy for them. And, you know, hopefully um, they enjoy this. That Well, they are. And they're going to probably going to have an epic parade in Dallas or Arlington, wherever they decide to have it. Um, they deserve it. They were outstanding. I knew they were the better team. I doubted it for a second, but I ended up being right at the end of the day. And they're going back to Dallas with this title or Arlington. They're going back to Texas with this title. And all these fans are just, just going wild. They are living life right now. Because they had never won the title before. So I know how that feels as a Nats fan four years ago. Like we were just like the anniversary of it just came up. So we were just talking about it. So I know how that feels to finally win after all these years of coming so close. Enjoy this Rangers fans. I have nothing against them. I actually wanted them to win. So I'm cool with them winning. So hopefully they all enjoy it. Um, and we'll see if they can repeat next year. They probably won't because it's just way too much competition. So, you know, for now, enjoy it. I don't know. They, they could repeat if they get Scherzer and DeGrom back. That's the scary thing. These guys, they just won a title and will get Garcia, Scherzer, and DeGrom back. That's kind of scary, but I still don't think they're going to repeat. But for now, they won without all those guys, and they deserve it. Seager was killing it. Carter, the young guy, I can't, I didn't know he was that young. Um, he killed it. They get all those guys back, and they they might be they might be pretty good next year. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of competition, and I, I it's gonna be too much. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe them losing the division to the Astros and playing that extra two games was what they needed to spark them. They went 11-0 and on the road. Just imagine if they started that series at home. Imagine if they had to play the Twins at home and then had to play the Astros starting out in Texas. So that, that, that would have been tough. But they did it. I'm happy for them. Shout out to all my Rangers fans that I follow and that follow me. Enjoy. And, you know, we'll see you next year. We'll see you next year. But, yeah, that's it for me. It's Mr. Van Pugh, GoatLevelTees.com for all things GOAT Level. You already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.